ஒன்னுடைய <laughs> Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. Just before going for Hajj, we touched on one of the most important battles in the Islamic history, the battle of Qadisiyah. <coughs> the battle of Qadisiyah took place in the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an majority of the Muslim historians have recorded the events of the battle of Qadisiyah including Allah ibn Kasir rahmatullah alayhi what you have here is Bidaya wa Nihaya Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an appointed Hazrat Sa'ad radiyallahu ta'ala an as the Amir the leader over the Muslim army for this very important event battle of Qadisiyah before the battle delegations from both the sides met with each other but unfortunately the Persians were very stubborn people and they were not prepared to accept any terms or conditions from the Muslims leaving no choice for the Muslims but to battle it out in the battlefield finally it was in the month of Muharram that the battle of Qadisiyah began <coughs> brothers will recall that the biggest weapon the Persians had with them was the Iranian elephants now these were huge animals huge animals and the Arabs were not used to fighting in that manner that uh, you have elephants in front of you a wall of elephants in front of you this is how the Persians defended themselves you had the cavalry and the infantry soldiers right at the back and a wall of elephants in front and then you had the Arab horses in front and the Mujahideen on them so it was extremely difficult even for the Arab horses it was quite difficult to penetrate into their ranks so for the first day things were very very difficult in fact 
the battle of Qadisiyya is so important that every day the battle that took place between the Muslims and the Persians have been given a name the first day of fighting is known as the battle of Armas the battle of Armas extremely difficult for the Muslims because of the elephants that were there and on the first day some of the Muslim historians have mentioned that you had 500 shuhada from the Muslims and majority of them were from the tribe of Banu Asad even the archers were finding it difficult they were solidly defending themselves they were prepared for this they knew exactly how to take on the Muslims it was extremely difficult this was the first day known as Yawmul Armath even with 500 shuhada the body count for the Persians was far greater in number so even with the advantage that the Persians had on the first day there were more dead in the Persian camp than the shuhada for the Muslims so the first day was quite a difficult moment for the Muslims the second day after Fajr as the sun was rising Alhamdulillah the second day was perhaps the most pleasing day for the Mujahideen most pleasing day and you could actually see smiles on the faces of the Mujahideen Allah give jazai khair to Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an he instructed Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiyallahu ta'ala an who was in Syria to make sure that he sends the elite soldiers Mujahideen to aid Hazrat Sa'ad radiyallahu ta'ala an in Persia and these were great Mujahideen vastly experienced fighting with Hazrat Zirar radiyallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu ta'ala an in Syria so now you have another champion that comes to aid Hazrat Sa'ad radiyallahu ta'ala an brothers might recall his name Hazrat Ka'aka mashallah Hazrat Ka'aka radiyallahu ta'ala he's not a, uh, a football player for Brazil or any of these teams I don't even like mentioning football in, uh, in the masjid but Ka'aka a great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam a very powerful man and he's been traveling from Syria all the way to Qadisiyya and he gets to Qadisiyya no rest Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only was he a great mujahid but Allah blessed him with a lot of intelligence and with intelligence he had wisdom what did he have? wisdom now you will find a lot of people who are intelligent a lot of titles to the names professor, doctor, this, that BA, MA or sare kisam ki they have a lot of titles they may be intelligent but one is to be intelligent and one is to have wisdom wisdom, hikmat is a great na'mah and that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Anbiya alayhim salatu wassalam with the words of hikmah Rabbana wabaas fihim rasoolam minhum yatlu alayhim ayatik wa yuallimuhum al-kitaba wal-hikmah wisdom Anbiya alayhim salatu wassalam are granted hikmat wisdom and so that Ka'aka radiyallahu ta'ala an 
a very strong man, a great mujahid, he comes along, mashallah, some of the Mu'arrikheen, Muslim historians have mentioned that in one day he attacked the Persians from 30 different sides. Now just imagine the speed. He attacked the Persians from 30 different sides in one day of his coming. And highly intelligent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with a lot of wisdom. He did his homework as he came. He wanted to support Hazrat Sa'ad and the Mujahideen that were there. The first thing what he did, that he divided all of the Mujahideen into groups. And what he said to them, I don't want all of you to enter all together in Qadisiyah. But I want you to be in your few hundreds and slowly enter into the battlefield into Qadisiyah. That would put pressure upon the enemies the enemies would see wave after another, another wave, wave after another, another wave that would come. And they would feel scared that there is no end to the Muslim strengths, a continuation of this reinforcement building slowly and slowly and slowly. And so he had divided the Muslim army. And he said everyone must come in their hundreds at separate intervals. So this was one of the strategies employed by Hazrat Ka'aka radiallahu ta'ala an. And another great idea, hila, taken by Hazrat Ka'aka radiallahu ta'ala an, is the fact he knew that the Persian elephants were troubling the Muslims. What he did is that whilst traveling from Syria to Qadisiyah, he picked up all the camels on his way to Qadisiyah. All the camels that were there. And he got all the camels and what he did is that he enveloped all of the camels in black garments. And he wrapped all of the camels, nothing to be seen. And especially where the humps were in the neck. Huge hump and a long neck. It is said that some fiery ribbons were tied to the humps and also to the neck. So now... It gave this demonizing image to anyone who saw these camels. Now for the Persians, it was also difficult. Even for the Persian soldiers to uh, distinguish the real identity of what these things are in front. What, what animals are they? What are these animals in front? So it was even difficult for the Persians. And so what you see in front, you, in front of you would frighten you. And Sayyidina Ka'ka radiallahu ta'ala and what he did was he unleashed a few hundred of these camels into the battlefield. Now as the camels were going in front, the elephants were slowly moving back. And so that gave an opportunity to the Muslims, mashallah, to take on the Persians. This was on the second day. The second day of the battle is known as Yawmul Aghwas. Yawmul Aghwas. The first day is known as Yawmul Armas. The second day is known as Yawmul Aghwas. Another very strange incident that took place, some of the historians have recorded this. A man whose name was Abu Mahjan As-Sakafi. Abu Mahjan As-Sakafi. A great Mujahid and a great poet. Now these are 
I say strange incident. Really, it is very, very strange. Uh, you don't hear of things like that in the battlefield. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever He wishes, happens. Hazrat Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi was caught drinking wine. Was caught drinking wine. Now one must understand that this was not in the battlefield, not at the time of fighting. It would take several weeks for the soldiers, for the entire army to move from one zone to another zone. And so you would meet other people also that were non-Muslims. Somehow, Hazrat Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi got influenced by the locals and they served him some alcohol or wine and he started drinking wine. Now Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi, remember we are in the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an. These were not prophets, majority of them were not even the companions in the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu ta'ala an. A lot of them were tabi'een, those that had seen the sahaba kiram ajma'een. So anyone can do a sin. Subhanallah, only Anbiya alayhimu salatu was salam are masoom. So under the influence of one of the locals, he was given a cup of wine and he started drinking it and he got drunk. When he got drunk, some of the Muslims caught him and took him to Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala. And they said to him that this is what he has done. Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala, what he did is he imprisoned him. He locked him up. Now Sharia also in the battlefield, mashallah. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala had instructed that even in the battlefield one must make sure that the Quran and the Hadith, the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the laws have been, the laws must be implemented. So what he could do was to lock up Hazrat Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi radiallahu ta'ala now where he was locked up, his cell was under the castle in which Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an was. If you recall, Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an had taken refuge in one of the Persian palaces. And underneath you had uh, an empty area, that is where the cell for Hazrat Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi was. Now from his window, he could clearly see the battle between the Muslims and the Persians. So there he was screaming that if somebody can hear me, please open the door of my cell. The Muslims need me. And wallah, I will fight. Wallah, I will fight. If there is anyone who is listening to me. Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala was on top. Now all of the men were there busy fighting in jihad. Perhaps the only gender that was listening to Hazrat Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi were the women at that time. And Hazrat Salma radiallahu ta'ala anha was passing by. Who is Hazrat Salma? She is the wife of Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala. So when he saw Hazrat Salma, he started pleading to her. And he said to her that I promise you in the name of Allah, you open the door of the cell I will go and assist the Muslims and I will fight with the Muslims. And if I am still alive in the evening, I will return back to my cell 
and close the door. I promise you. Hazrat Salma radiallahu ta'ala anha looked at Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi, his sincerity. Sahabai kiram ajma'een aur tabi'een bare mukhlis thay. Bhaat ziyada mukhlis thay. And so Hazrat Salma, without asking Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala an, she opens the door of the cell. As the door opens, Hazrat Salma radiallahu ta'ala anha has mentioned that this man just dashed out so quickly and I could see him just splitting through the ranks of the Persian army. And this man was fighting with such speed and ferocity that even Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala and from the top started looking and he was saying, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, man huwa, man huwa, who is this great Mujahid, who is this great Mujahid? Hazrat Sa'ad could not see that it was Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi who, who he himself had imprisoned. And so he would say, man huwa, who is this man, who is this man, who is this man? Subhanallah, and Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi, a poet and a Mujahid, a great Mujahid. He was there fighting all the way. And in the evening, Subhanallah, he is still alive. He comes back and he comes back to his cell and shuts the door and he sits there. And he says, as I promised to my sister Salma, uh, I am here back in my cell. And tomorrow if she allows me to go, I will fight again. And if I am still alive tomorrow, I will return back to my cell. This was the condition of the Mujahideen. Now husband and wife, when they are in their room, in their privacy, Hazrat Saad is talking to Hazrat Salma, and he said to her that there was this great Mujahid fighting today. I wonder who he was. It wasn't Taqa and his group that came from Syria. Who was this man? And then Hazrat Salma radiallahu ta'ala anha, explained to him the entire incident and said that I opened the door for Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi. Immediately, Abu, immediately Hazrat Sa'ad comes down and he kisses Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi and he says that I can't inflict punishment on that Mujahid who loves the Ummah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam so much. Subhanallah. And Abu Mahjan al-Sakafi kissed the hands of Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an, and he said, in the name of Allah, Ya Sa'ad, you are my witness, as from today, I will never touch wine or alcohol. Subhanallah, that is why my respected brothers, when you are in the line of fire, when you are in jihad, in the battlefield, your level of iman increases immediately. That is a complete different zone. None of us here, none of us here can experience that. Really none of us. Unless you have been there. Unless you have been there with our brothers in Chechnya, in Shishan. And when they say, Allahu Akbar, Subhanallah, they can sense the sweetness of Iman when they say, Allahu Akbar. And that is why Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een would say, Fuzdu wa Rabbil Ka'ba. They are here in the city of Makkah, but they say that we can see Jannah. Yeah. They can see Jannah. So the level of Iman in the battlefield is completely different. 
And we can't see it because our level of Iman is very weak. And so anyone who repents in the battlefield, he is also very, very sincere. We need to understand that these are the people who are prepared to give their life for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. So this was a sincere repentance that came from Abu Mahjan, a Sakafi radiallahu ta'ala an. Now before we continue, I just would want to add a few things here. Uh, brothers must make a note that here we talked about Hazrat Salma radiallahu ta'ala anha, the wife of the Amir Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala an. Muslim women have always been in the forefront when it came to any jihadi movement. And this has been the case from the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It was not only that Muslim men participated in jihad, but Muslim women also participated in jihad, and this is from the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When you read history, you will find great, great sahabiyat that have participated in jihad. In fact, uh, Imam Bukhari rahmatullah has quoted one incident in his Sahih, Jami'u Sahih. He says that some of the companions saw the wife of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha in the battle of Uhud. The wife of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the battle of Uhud. And she was carrying a water skin filled with cold water what she wanted to do was to quench the thirst of the wounded soldiers that were there nevertheless the main duty for the women was to treat the wounded soldiers and also mashallah to rouse the spirit of their husbands rouse the spirit of their husbands an imam can be doing uh, a lecture for one hour uh, your level of iman just might be to uh, a certain level but you go home and if your wife was to say something to you huh why you do this we need to go let's go for hajj uh, the imam sahab has been talking on the subject of hajj for five weeks but no intention to book his ticket but when he comes home and the wife says we want to go for hajj huh? within a few minutes mashallah the mind and the heart is set yes let's go that is the power of a woman. And so the women were there, rousing the spirits of their husbands, showing them, Subhanallah, Hazrat Khansa, radiallahu ta'ala anha, an old lady that took part in the battle of Qadisiyah. An old lady who took part in the battle of Qadisiyah, this battle that we are uh, talking about just now. And she came with her four children. She came with her four children and she kissed her children and she said to them, My children, I want you to make your mother proud today. I want you to make your mother proud today. Stand up and become roaring lions and fight in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she said, I want to see you in front of me. Go walk. And I will lift up my hands and I will make dua for you. Yeah. It is said that Hazrat Khansa radiallahu ta'ala and saw the four young children. These 
children were in their youth and they went and they fought in the battle of Qadisiyah and the mother behind is making dua. And some of the Mu'arrikheen have even mentioned that Hazrat Khansa was also prepared to fight in the battle of Qadisiyah. So Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha took part in the battle of Khandak. It is said that dozens of women marched out of Madinatul Munawwara with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam turned back, he just saw women all around him. Dozens of women. And they were carrying medicine and they were carrying bandages. But they were prepared to fight and to go for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to elevate the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in jihad. One great Sahabiya whose name is Hazrat Umm Atiyah radiallahu ta'ala anha. She was the famous cook for the Mujahideen. Who was she? Umm Atiyah. She was the famous cook for the Mujahideen. It is said that in seven battles she cooked food for the Sahaba, for the companions Mujahideen. In seven battles. Hazrat Umm Atiyah radiallahu ta'ala and we recall the auntie of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Hazrat Safiya in the battle of Khaybar when one Jew came towards the tents where the women were and he thought that there are only women here let me take advantage of Muslim women that are here and Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha the auntie of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood up in front of this Jew and said, yes, you want to fight, you fight me. And Muhaddisin have written that she overpowered this Jew and finally killed him. Allah. Finally killed him. <laughs> Subhanallah. These were the women. These were the women. I'm not sure if our mothers and sisters are listening at home. <laughs> MashaAllah. Make sure you give peace to your husbands though. <laughs> you don't want to be abusive to your husbands. Mashallah. But but this was the strength of the Muslims at that time. From the time of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allahu Akbar, one of the very famous Sahabiyats who fought in many, many battles. In fact, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid would respect this woman. Is this you're listening? Hazrat Khalid bin Walid would respect this woman. A very famous Sahabiyat. Whose name is Hazrat Nusayba. Hazrat Nusayba bin Ka'ab. Hazrat Nusayba bin Ka'ab. Radiallahu ta'ala. An incredible lady. She would even treat the wounds of the injured Mujahideen. And also at times if need be she would join the ranks of the Muslim Mujahideen and fight with them. Allah. Brothers recall when Hazrat Zirar was kidnapped by the Romans. Do you recall that? When we talked about the Khilafat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. And who went to rescue Hazrat Zirar? Hazrat Khawla. Who went to rescue the brother? Hazrat Zirar. The sister of Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala. And so you had Hazrat Nusayba radiallahu ta'ala anha. She took part in the battle of Uhud. When Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa told some of the archers to 
protect one area. When this battle was taking place in the battle of Uhud, there was one hill on the side, that is where the, the archers were to remain. When the archers saw that the kuffar are running and they have retreated, the Muslims thought that they are running away victories for the Muslims and we don't need to stand now and to protect this area. So they followed the kuffar chasing them and Allahu Akbar, it was a plan by Hazrat Khalid bin Walid who was not a Muslim at that time and he ambushed the Muslims, he came from the back and he attacked the Muslims. At that moment, many of the Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een were made shaheed. It was a difficult moment, the battle of Uhud. Hazrat Nusayba radiallahu ta'ala anha, when she saw that some of the Muslim archers have moved out and Muslims are now in difficulty, especially Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, only a handful of archers were with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam protecting him. Hazrat Nusayba unsheathed her sword, took out her bow. She was an expert shooter. She was an expert shooter. And she quickly came close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and she joined that group of archers and she even stood to protect Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam shooting at the enemies, shooting at the enemies. In the hadith it comes, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said, that I would turn to my left and I see Nusayba. I would turn to my right, I would see Nusayba. When I look in front, I see Nusayba. When I look at the back, I see Nusayba. Nusayba was everywhere. A lady. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was so happy with her that he made dua for her and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that Nusayba is in Jannah. Nusayba is in Jannah. Glad tidings of Jannah was given to her. Subhanallah al-Azim. And why not? A lady protecting Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam with the elite companions. That jazba was there with the women also. Again, one very strange incident, not strange, uh, that had occurred in the battle of Uhud. Nusayba radiallahu ta'ala anha was uh, not a young lady. She had children that were fighting in the same battle of Uhud. And one of her sons was Ammara. What was the name? Ammara. And Ammara received uh, a wound from this, uh, from this person who was extremely tall. Uh, the son Ammara says that this man was like uh, the date tree, very, very tall. Mm-hmm. And he just stood in front of me, he took his sword out, and he striked at me, and the left hand was wounded, so he fell to the ground. Ammara says that I was surprised that he did not want to finish me off, make me shaheed. But for some reason when he saw me in that position, he turned away and he walked away. But this man was a very tall man. A very tall man. When news came to the mother, Hazrat Nusayba, that your son is injured. Hazrat Nusayba was asking all of the Mujahideen, can you guide me where my son is? Can you guide me where my son is? Until finally she finds Hazrat Ammara radiallahu ta'ala on the floor. She picked up the son, her son, and she put the bandage around the left hand and said to her son Ammara, that my son... I have put the bandage to your left hand 
MashaAllah, make me proud, stand up and fight with your right hand. Stand up and fight with your right hand. And what do we do? We are so weak, my respected brothers. If the child has got a bit of headache, my son, don't go to the madrasa. My son, don't go to the madrasa. Slight flu. A few coughs here and there. You are not well. Don't go to the madrasa. Go to school. School you have to go. Your career is at stake. Your career is at stake. Go to school. Never mind madrasa. Subhanallah. And here, Hazrat Nusayba is saying, Stand up. I have bandaged your left hand. MashaAllah. Make me happy. Fight with your right hand. And she is lifting up Hazrat Ammar radiallahu ta'ala to fight. And this was witnessed by Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is seeing mother treating the child. And all of a sudden, that, that tall fellow, that chap who came and who injured Hazrat Ammar radiallahu ta'ala an, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw him. And he said to Nusayba, Oh Nusayba, if you look behind you, you will find that same man who has given injury to your son. Hazrat Nusayba radiallahu ta'ala anha, she stood up in front of this tall man, tall man. And he thought that it will be a sword fight, a man and a woman. Hazrat Nusayba radiallahu ta'ala anha was prepared. And she is saying that this is what you do to my son? This is what you do to my son. And she got so angry, it is said that she kicked that man on the thigh. She kicked that man on the thigh. Her kick was so hard that that person collapsed and fell to the ground. When he fell to the ground, for the first time in the battle of Uhud, Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in would say that we saw Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, Wah wah ji, Nusayba. <laughs> Nusayba, wah wah ji. Uh, that man thought it will be a sword fight, but she was not going to use the sword. She kicked him so hard that he fainted, he collapsed. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started to laugh. In, in the books of Tariq, it is mentioned that even the auspicious teeth of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were visible. And that was it. One kick and he was down. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lifted up his hands and made dua for Nusayba and praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he thanked Allah and he said, Alhamdulillah that Allah has given me in my ummah women who are prepared to fight for the just cause for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these were great women. This is our history, my respected brothers. Talking on the subject of Hazrat Salma, thousands of women participated in the battle of Qadisiyah. And these women at times took on some daring activities. It is said that when they saw someone, a mujahid who, was, who received injury and he needed treatment, a group of women would quickly go in the battlefield and they would pick that mujahid up from the ground, quickly bring him back uh, to a safe zone and treat him. And in the night, the women would dig up graves. The women would dig up graves. In short, nothing was too small or nothing was too unpleasant for our Muslim 
women, mothers and sisters, Allahu Akbar, from the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam throughout history. Allahu Akbar Kabira. So we need to even respect the contribution that came from a lot of the women. We hear about Hazrat Ka'aka, we hear about Hazrat Dirar, we hear about Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiyallahu ta'ala an, we hear about Hazrat Musanna radiyallahu ta'ala an, but a lot of women were there. And they were prepared to fight for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was the second day, Yawmul Aghwas. Allahu Akbar, Hazrat Ka'aka radiyallahu ta'ala an, looked around and he gave information to Hazrat Sa'ad radiyallahu ta'ala an, on the second day, approximately 2,000 shuhada in the Muslim camp. Kitane? 2,000 shuhada. And 10,000 dead for the Persians. How many? 10,000 dead for the Persians. This was the second day. Now, Hazrat Ka'aka again, a man not just intelligent, but Allah gave him a lot of wisdom. In the night, he sat with some of the uh, leaders, Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an was also there and he put his plan forward and he said to Hazrat Sa'ad that we have no reinforcements and the Persians are much more in numbers so I have a plan Hazrat Sa'ad said what is your plan? he said what I will do is I will ask a few thousand that are here now that very quietly in the night to sneak out from the area of Qadisiyah. What to do? To sneak out from the area of the Qadisiyah, where the battle is taking place. And in the night, slowly at the time of Tahajjud to get out. Because there were no lights, people could not see. And it was ceasefire after Maghrib. No fights. This, this is how the battles were in those days. In the nights, no fighting. Contrary to what we see today in our days that usually the attacks are only in the night. But in the night no fighting. On the third day, subhanallah, this third day is known as Yawmul Amas. Yawmul Amas. When the sun started to rise, these Mujahideen performed their Fajr Salah outside Qadisiyah. And when the sun rose, slowly a few hundred came and then after one hour, another few hundred came. And after another hour, a few hundred came. And these Persians were just shocked. That what is happening to the city of Madinatul Munawwara, it seems that all of the Muslims are here, they are coming and they want to fight us. And with that, subhanallah, Allah give jazai khair to Hazrat Umar. Hazrat Umar had sent a gift of, uh, subhanallah, priceless swords uh, with of exquisite workmanship. Now a sword for the mujahid, that, that is the, the best gift you can give them. These were swords sent by Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an from Madinatul Munawwara to Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an. And on the third day he said, I want you to give these swords to all of the mujahideen who have been fighting with great bravery. And these swords were given to a lot of the mujahideen that were there. On the third day, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiallahu ta'ala an, again to strengthen the Muslim army, with the same army coming into Qadisiyah, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah had sent another group of reinforcement of 700 under the leadership of Hazrat Hisham. 
Hazrat Hisham. Again, Hazrat Hisham is another champion. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. We stop here on the third day, my respected brothers. There is too much to cover on the third day and also on the fourth day, which is Yawmul Qadisiyya. If Allah wills, inshallah, we will continue in the next session from the third day and from the fourth day. When Qadisiyya ends, how the Muslims enter into these uh, beautiful palaces of the Persian Empire. One palace, what is known as Qasrul Abiyaz. What is known as Qasrul Abiyaz. And our Ustaz Malana Umarji Saab would say that just the bathroom section of Qasrul Abiyaz at that time was perhaps more in worth than the whole of Buckingham Palace. Allah Akbar. More of Buckingham Palace. That Qasrul Abiyaz was the palace of all of these great Sasayan leaders and kings. And Rustum would even be there. Just where the bathroom was, Inka Jo Gusal Khanada, Sheikh Umarji, who is again a great historian, a great Muarrikh, he would say that the Ghusl Khana, these are his words, is more in worth than perhaps the whole of Buckingham Palace today. So inshallah we will continue to see what the Muslims do with all of these palaces and the wealth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them. وَآخِرُوا دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الحمد لله رب العالمين دُعَا كَلَّهِ اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم نستغفرك ونتوب إليك نستغفرك ونتوب إليك اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية في الدنيا والآخرة اللهم إنا نسلك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك عبدك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك عبدك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله سمعنا وطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا رحم الرحيم